Welcome back. We're kicking off episode three with a very special guest. He's an avid hiker, backpacker, a PCT through hiker, an avid indoor and outdoor rock climber. In fact, he's the only person that I know that almost died in a rock climbing accident, had to be life flighted off the rock. He's taught me how to use a wag bag above 14,000 feet. And if I had a Mount Rushmore, of hiking and backpacking friends, he would definitely be on it. Not because I only have three friends, but just because he's such a great guy. I have rescued him more times off the side of the road due to car trouble than all my four kids combined. He has lived in his car way before it was cool to do so. And I think probably what the most important thing is, he is the nicest person you'll ever meet. So you want to find out who this mystery guest is? You know what you got to do. Stick around to find out. Well, welcome to the Trailblazing Texas podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Jason. And today we have a very special guest. As you heard in the introduction, we have Sam. And if you follow me on any of the social media um, or any of my hiking adventures, Every one of them almost has pictures of Sam, videos of Sam. He's always down for an adventure. Well, Sam, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that we finally got together and your people got to my people and we worked out the schedules. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Jason. I'm super excited to do it. I think it's really cool that you're doing this. I've always kind of wanted to do something like this but i've never been uh brave enough or whatever so so as stated in the intro you know you're one of my good friends i think if i had a mount rushmore of friends you're on on them and um you know you you mean a lot to me probably let's get to the most important thing is how is it being a brand new uncle oh it's good it's um yeah it's kind of crazy i didn't think for a long time, I thought maybe there were going to be no kids in my family, like yeah. from my brothers and my brother and sister. So it's cool. I mean, I don't see her very often because they're just so busy down there, and I'm yeah. like two. They're in Albuquerque. I'm two hours away, but yeah. um, it's exciting. No, I mean, I, you sent me that picture whenever she was born, and you were holding her, and I could see the little twinkle in your eye. So yeah, it's really yeah, it's a it's, neat experience. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't know that I could have started this podcasting kind of hobby. I don't know where it's going to lead without having you. I mean, you know, again, you know, what's funny is you live in New Mexico. I live in Texas. I didn't even know we can get along with people in New Mexico, but we can. (laughs) And uh, every epic trip that I've ever been on, except for one, you're in it. You're in the videos, the pictures, you know, uh, you're there. And I, I, it never really hit me until, you know, I started kind of putting together our podcast and kind of some of the things that I thought would be interesting. And you are at every trip, except for whenever I did the Lone Star hiking show and I through hiked it. So that's, that's pretty crazy. <clears throat> and also like, um, I guess kind of if you, if we kind of go back to the beginning, you're a very, very, you know, avid hiker, backpacker, uh, rock climber. In the intro, I talked about 
just a bit about you know you doing the majority of the PCT. How did the love of hiking and backpacking even start for you? Like, can you remember kind of where where you fell in love with the yeah. outdoors? Yeah. So I think it started for me through rock climbing. Yeah. Just, um, my parents would take me on hikes as a kid, and I, as a kid, I hated it to be honest. <laughs> uh, it just was. I just thought it was boring, and but then Is in it college. Was was it because you were with your parents and it was kind of lame or yeah. you just. <laughs> yeah. That's a big part of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause once I started doing it with friends, then I, you know, then it started really becoming fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, in college I was rock climbing and in order to go climbing outside, you just, you have to hike to the spot. And um, I just fell in love with, you know, the natural beauty of the world and and you know like climbing is such a great way to meet really cool people too and so yeah. i would meet all these cool people and they were into hiking i very rarely have ever planned out a hike myself which i just kind of go people just hit me up and they'll be like hey you want to go do this and i'm then i'm in so uh i think that's kind of how it started also you know growing up in new mexico in los alamos there's not a lot to do yeah so if you're not climbing and hiking and you know getting outside then there's really you don't have a lot of options so um and we're in just such a good place for it out here there's just so many epic hikes all around so yeah and i could tell you like when i go skiing in new mexico um when i leave i feel sick like i feel like i need to live here you know like it there's something about that place that's uh it's pretty epic so yeah. you've do you find yourself, let's say, I don't know, like over the last you know, 10 or 15 years, are, for the majority of your hiking, is it usually with friends and stuff? Or you, you know, maybe like do some solo trips and kind of just get to the outdoors by yourself and unwind? Yeah. Well, you know, like this morning I went, or no, it was yesterday morning I went for a trail run out here. For the most part, I I prefer hiking with other people. But you know, I, I just need to go out and get some exercise. So I do that pretty regularly by myself. Yeah. I definitely prefer going with other people, but it's also cool to do solo trips. Like for my 30th birthday, I did a 20 mile solo trip in February through the, through the Sangre de Cristos near Santa Fe, which yeah. is a wild experience. It was like hip deep snow, freezing cold and uh Jeez. i did that all that was my first ever solo backpacking trip so i've only been on one solo backpacking trip but you know i hike by myself around out here yeah regular. and do you find hiking and backpacking is pretty important to you yeah just kind of overall that's uh definitely i think i don't know i think i was thinking about this you know trying to think about what to talk about on this podcast but like i just think that exploring like nature and seeing the world it's like you only have one life here like why wouldn't you want to go see all this beautiful stuff around you like, yeah it's probably what people have been doing you know since the dawn of man just walking around and <laughs> spending time outside so it's a, yeah i think it's extremely important to me so if we go and just <clears throat> start talking about texas now what are some of your favorite state parks national parks trails that you've experienced so far well so my experience in texas 
has mostly been in Guadalupe. Few. Yeah. And I I've told you before I did I did forestry work out there. Right after I first met you for the first time, I went to near where you are in East Texas and did forestry work out there. And then, you know, on the way back, I spent a night in Caprock State Park. And yeah. that's about it. So <laughs> so Guad is your favorite? Yes. Of course. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be everyone's favorite in Texas because it's got to be the most. That, well, no, there's Big Bend, too. I yeah, I think Big Bend, Bend uh, is the, the champion. Um, mm-hmm. I would yeah. much rather be at Guad, but I think Big Ben would probably probably uh went out. Yeah, I've only I went to Big Ben. I forgot about this. I went there with my brother. We road tripped back to um, Maryland where we were born, and we went to Big Ben there. And we yeah. spent I think we spent two nights there. But I remember going there and being like, yeah, I feel like I could live here for like a whole season and just backpack yeah. here. I still would love to do that. So it's. We went to the Window Rock, I think it's called. Yeah, the Window Trail. Yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Yeah, that park is is beautiful. Other than that, I mean, what do you guys got? It's Guadalupe and that pretty much, right? Hey, we have Cap gonna... Rock and mm-hmm. Paladuro and we have a oh, lot so... of nice places. So Yeah, I was joking with some of my friends. I was like, I don't know how he's going to do a whole podcast just about Texas. <laughs> I mean, it's a big state, but uh trust yeah. me I'll, I'll put my trails against new mexico trails any day <laughs> <laughs> all right that sounds like a challenge man yeah no and you know it's it's kind of funny how how we met we met at guad and you mm-hmm. know my um uh, my second guest on the podcast was john and you know he lives up in washington state and, and we met at guad and um just to kind of like how we met like i had i th- believe and you can definitely correct me if i'm wrong but i was setting up my campsite and you had already been there i think for a night you were already set up and um while i was setting up you were heading out to go hike guadalupe peak and you had a hyperlight backpack and either i said hey we have the same backpack or you said hey we have the same backpack anyway it kind of kicked off a discussion and, and usually you don't you know especially here in texas you don't have a lot of there's no i mean you had the lone star hike control to through hike you don't see a lot of hyperlight backpacks and so whenever i saw you with it and um it it was a white one but it looked brown i'm like oh this guy is very experienced <laughs> he's, he's got the wear and tear on the on the backpack so then we kind of started talking and then um you know, I went, I think, and hiked Smith Springs, and then you did the peak. And then when you got back, we started like really talking. And there was a group from the Midland Odessa hike. There, there's a hiking Facebook group, and they were there. And just so happened, I was, you know, wanting to go find that B24 plane crash. And, you know, they were going to go do it. So I was going to take them out there because I had already been out there a few times and, and didn't find it. And, um, and so I even, you know, I asked you and I, I just, you know, in our conversations knew that you were very experienced. And, um, so, you know, I asked you, Hey, you know, like, what are your plans? And you're like, Oh, I think I'm going to kind of pack up and head out. Like, uh, you know, if, if you stay an extra night, you know, we can go to the plane. And I, so I kept baiting you, like, and I think you ended up staying an extra two nights. It was the plane. Then it was L cap. Um, and, and, and that evening, I think, when I first met you, we went and found Jose's grave or that afternoon. So kind of like, 
you living in New Mexico, what were, um, why, why were you at Guad? Like, you know, just kind of chilling. I mean, like, what was the reasoning that you were out there? Yeah. So I was in between jobs. I was about to start this forestry job and it wasn't starting for a few weeks. So I had a bunch of time to kill. Yeah. And, and my friend in Albuquerque, Tyler, he, he and his girlfriend were going to, um, Carlsbad National Caverns, the national park there, the big caves, which is yeah. right next to Guadalupe. And my brother, my, I have a twin brother, for people who don't know, and he had spent a lot of time in the area because he was a, he's a geologist. So he spent time doing mud logging, which is, you know, they go on the oil fields and, and study the mud to like help the drillers out. So he had yeah. spent a lot of time in the area and I just, you know, I was just killing time. And he was like, yeah, go to Guadalupe. It's cool. So at Car- at Carlsbad, at the national park there, I bought the pa- the year-long pass, national parks pass. And they're like, so, you know, I go into the park. I already paid for it. So, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went and camped there. And, yeah, I remember the first time we met. So the night before I met you, I was in this crappy, like, $20 walmart tent it had a little <laughs> zipper thing to put the boots in yeah it's kind of hard to describe with just words but you could put the boots in and then you could unzip it from the inside and just access the boots and i just left the whole thing that whole boot part unzipped and so i woke up in the middle of the night and i hear something crawling around my tent and <laughs> sammy <laughs> the skunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was on top of the i had a little uh walmart or no like a coleman I don't know what brand, but I had a little army cot that I was sleeping on and I didn't think that I was like, okay, maybe there's something in here. And then I heard something again. I'm like, there's, okay, there's definitely something in the tent. And I turn on my <laughs> light and I look down and there's a skunk about less than a foot away from my face. Yeah. And I'm freaking out. Um, I turn off the light and I just sort of like laying back on my cot. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, like, I don't know. What do you do when there's a skunk in your tent? <laughs> So eventually, I, tur- I I didn't hear anything for a while. Turned on the light, and it just ran away. I think I think it's afraid of the light, because <laughs> I've had multiple experiences with the skunk, as you know. And I think every time you turn on the light, the thing just runs away. So I remember going out. I see you. You have the hyperlight bag. I found that this might be a good tip for anyone who wants to make friends hiking. Is like best way to make friends is to talk about gear. You know? Oh yeah, because we all. If you're really into hiking, you you got to have some kind of, I don't know, like everyone likes talking about gear. It's a nice neutral topic, whatever. No. So, yeah, it was like, hey, nice pack. And just so you know, there's a skunk out here. And then you told me the story. I don't know if you told this, but about about your son and the skunk. Yeah, I haven't brought that. You know, I, I was going to try to have Connor on one episode. But, yeah, the skunk went into his tent, unzipped his backpack and took his nutty buddy. Yeah, you're not you're not going to be at Guadalupe Mountains, Pine Springs campgrounds and not have a nightly encounter with Sammy the Skunk. Yeah. Did you name him after me or what? <laughs> no, 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 no. That just it just kind of S and S. Yeah. So I have a challenge for you. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to call out some of our epic adventures together and sum them up in one word. Oh boy, one word. <laughs> or you can I don't use know two. If I'm gonna be good at this you can use two. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right. Jose's grave. One word. 
uh, I can't think of one word. Hard to find. <laughs> I don't Man, know. one word that came to me was just kind of like it was emotional for me. You know, I spent three years talking to a Mr. Um, Espinosa and Van Horn, finding out about it and then researching it. And then, you know, when we were looking for it, I mean, we were out there for what, an hour and a half at least. Yeah. Didn't find it. We were looking at our phones. We had pictures of it, you know, aligning it with El Capitan in the background. Couldn't find it. And I just remember climbing up to the highway and then walking to the car, I was defeated. I, I I wanted to find his grave so bad. And then I, and you don't have cell service out there. And somehow I got a text from Kip saying, Hey man, we found it. And I mean, I came flying <laughs> through cactus and, yeah. and all that. And, you know, and, and now every time I, I go to the park, I, there's maybe one time that, that I didn't, but I'll, I go visit. Yeah. We were about to give up. I had given up hope. Cause it's an hour and a half, you know, and there's like, what, six of us. I don't know how many people yeah. are out there, but there's a lot of people and we'd spend out, you know, just climbing up and down and bushwhacking through this stuff. I almost thought it was just fake. I didn't, I was like, nah, I don't think it's even a real thing. Cause it's outside of the park and it's like this weird little area. And, uh, yeah, so we had basically given up and then we found it and, uh, you know, it was really cool. I, I yeah. just to think that that thing, I mean, how long has it been out there? Like 1855. Yeah. That's crazy. That it's, I mean, it's just like this little piece of sandstone and it looked, yeah. you know, it seems like a flood or something could just take it out, but it's still there. And yeah. So that was a really cool experience for sure. All right. Now the B24 crash site. One word. Oh man. You can give two or three words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess one word would be epic. It was, yeah, yeah unique, like one of one of a kind of. I've never. That was the first crash plane I've ever found outside. I know they're around out there, but that's the first time. Yeah. And only I, I haven't found a plane since then. So I mean, it was really cool, and I'm glad. You know, I had no idea that was even in the park. So yeah. it was cool. That was another one. It took me about two and a half years to find. And that and that was the third trip that I took to find it. And I, I just remember when you and I were hiking to meet that group because they started earlier than we did. Um, I had a lot of anxiety because I didn't want to go maybe what you would call the traditional route. I wanted to I was looking at the map and I thought that there would be a better way. And, you know, like when we did the quad quad, I mean, there's you think that that's the way you should go, but you could get cliffed out or whatever. And so like, I didn't want any of that to happen, especially, you know, it's my idea. It's my thoughts, even though we all agreed to it, you know, I didn't want to let everybody down and, you know, thank goodness I didn't end up working out and we found it. But yeah, I I was very, uh, I was, (laughs) had an upset stomach, like, please let all this work out. All right. And I, I think in my eyes, probably our most epic trip was the quad quad yeah that's and the I hardest hike of my life you know yeah i've done a lot of hiking it's just bushwhacking i forget i remember i timed it on my watch it was like 13 hours of hiking i think uh, at least yeah maybe even more yeah it was like <laughs> we left at 3 30 in the morning and then got back probably what 7 8 30 at night i mean it was pitch black dark yeah 
so yeah, it was probably more, it must've been more than 12 hours of hiking. And my brother did it too. And he's also, you know, he's, he's done the Colorado trail and he did the PCT with me. And yeah. he said too, he's like, yeah, that's the, that's the hardest hike I've ever done. <laughs> and you know, that one, I remember, you know, we started probably about three 30 in the morning. We got up to Guadalupe peak and it was still dark. And, you know, we set up there at the peak. I think you guys ate breakfast. And for, for those that don't know, for all our listeners, our thousands and thousands of listeners, <laughs> um, the quad quad is you're bagging the four highest peaks in Texas in a single push. And it's all map navigation. There's there's the only trail is going up to Guadalupe Peak and then coming down from the very last peak bush. And you could get clipped out, you know, like you have to figure out your exit points. Like if something happens, like twist an ankle, like how are you going to, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of these canyons. So it's, it's probably the most epic hike that Texas has to offer, I would definitely say. And I just remember when it was time to go and, and, and I didn't even realize what we were about to encounter, but when we started, I remember you were first and you were coming off Guadalupe Peak. And you were stepping down and we could not see where we were stepping just because it was still kind of dark and all the vegetation. And I was thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then we we kind of backed off that. We hiked further down the trail and then your brother and Henning, I believe, were ahead of us. And then they said, oh, maybe we can we can exit the trail here. And um, and that's the way we we did. Yeah, man, that was, uh, and I think the only other, like, you know, thank, thank goodness for you guys, you know, navigating and stuff. The hike was impossible. It was hard, but what really got me is that traverse from, uh, um, from Schumar to Bartlett. And that's the one. And guys, I wish to our listeners, I wish I could describe this better. So it's Sam's brother. He's gone. Henning is ahead of uh, me and Sam and we get to a point and I'm like, well, no, actually we're, we're in this dry wash and I'm like, guys, let's walk the wash and then go up this finger because if I could see the finger and I know that it's a, it's a gradual climb, like, you know, I can see it. And then I got outvoted as a, no, we're going to go up this little hill and then we're going to cut across to the finger. And so we, we get up and I say little hills, probably four or 500 feet climb we get up to the top and then from that little hill to the finger it is as steep as you probably the steepest part that we went on the whole trail and we have to traverse that and you know you you see um i'm i'm trail runners and so that's not very smart but you know like your brother was kind of struggling henning was struggling and then you and i kind of just looked at each other and you're like screw this and you climbed directly up to the peak and yeah. i was watching you and i'm thinking if you slip you're gonna die and that was the most incredible thing that that i think that i that i ever saw it was crazy and you just yeah i i just knew like you slip you're you're dying and then at some point i just couldn't watch you anymore and uh it was it was way epic so yeah that uh that uh, climb you did on bartlett that was that was nuts and then i think you you beat all of us up to the top <laughs> and i think the the second most epic peak that we had was when you and i did el capitan yeah for sure that 
I was broken. That one broke me. And <laughs> I don't know if you remember, like halfway through it, we did that. We hit the false summit and I was just like, ah, oh, screw this. You know, I'm not going to do it. I'm turning back. And when you turn back and you see Guadalupe Peak and that you're going to have to climb, I'm like, let me just eat something and, 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 uh, see how I feel. But that was, that was like, if I think about it and look back at pictures, to me, I think that was the most dangerous hike that I've ever done. Um, you know, when you step off Guadalupe peak, how steep it is going down. And that was the first time that I was ever introduced to like rock fall. So like, you know, you were ahead of me and I kicked off a rock one time and I was like, you know, yelling at you, Hey, rock, rock. And then th th it got really me like, man, like, you know, I need to be careful. Sam needs to be careful because this this may not, you know, there there's you don't want to get hurt between Guadalupe El Capitan. Yeah, no, you don't. It's I feel like Rockfall is probably one of the most dangerous part of like things about hiking big mountains. You know, I don't know the statistics, but I remember I climbed this 14 or Little Bear or whatever. It's called Little Bear. It's in Colorado. Yeah. But the, at the top, there's like a funnel. Where like if anyone kicks a rock down, it just goes straight down this sh straight down into people underneath of them, and mm. I think you know multiple people have died that way. And it might be yeah, it might be the most dangerous part of doing mountains like that. We should probably have been wearing helmets, I guess. Yeah, I that's probably the biggest thing. But it is scary because yeah. it's like I've heard this too about rock climbing that more people die on the approach to the climb than actually on the climb itself, you know, just stumbling and kicking off a rock or, you know, you know, it's definitely dangerous and there's not a yeah. lot you can even do about it. I mean, you can be, you can look, you can look around and be like, Oh, that, you know, that rock looks loose and I'm not going to use that. And you can be yeah. careful with your steps, but sometimes things just fall and there's really nothing you can do about it. So, but I think maybe the quad quad was even sketchier just cause you're like, you're further out. Like, yeah. On El Cap, there's people. The trail's not that far away, and you could probably just yell, and some, yeah. and then the park rangers would come help, maybe. But where out where we were, you know, you go really far out there. I yeah. mean, yeah, you you have a you have a. Did you have your Garmin inReach for that one? Mm. Yeah. So if you have one, no, oh, actually, I didn't. I think yeah, I thought you that I that. think Lori was so mad and upset that she didn't hear back from us by that time that she said you're not you're not going out there again if you don't have some kind of satellite device yeah, yeah. we got in trouble on that one i think that that kicked off the the garmin in reach yeah but I, you know i really important i've heard of those saving people's lives on long trails and stuff a lot of times so like no absolutely yeah yeah for sure Definitely and i just remember when we uh we finally got to el capitan peak and you know you could look at the log book and no one's out there like there was very few signatures mm -hmm. and um i i don't know that i ever felt more accomplishment than than reaching that peak then we start heading back and you know i'm like feeling cocky i'm like oh yeah sam let's we're gonna go here not lose elevation and we're gonna cut across and all this stuff and you took pictures of me not realizing that i'm literally climbing up instead of going off to the finger like i'm in this wash and i'm like oh yeah you know it's i don't realize that i'm literally like climbing like what i would almost do at the the rock climbing gym and 
And I remember like I lost some footing and I'm like, why? You know, I'm still thinking that that I'm not going very steep. And you're like, uh, I think you need to cut over, you know, to that finger. And then I looked down and I'm I don't know how high I was up, but and it wasn't straight up and down, but it was pretty damn close. <laughs> and yeah. um, I was like, oh, crap. And, you know, we we even said like, OK, there's that little bush. You know, let's climb. You know, it's pretty you know, it's, it's way doable to get up, but once we hit the bush, then we'll cut across to the finger. And, you know, I was having fun and excited and not paying attention. And I just passed the bush and kept going. And you're like, Hey man, uh, I think you might want to cut over to the finger. Cause you, you were ahead of me and you were already over to the finger. And I was, man, I was, I would have been in trouble if I would have slipped. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember we went down one way and we came up a different way. Yeah. And the way we came up was not good. I mean, it was not the best way. Um, Yeah. I would, if we were to do it again, I think we wouldn't go back up that way for sure. Oh, heck no. It It was, it was like a scree. Have you ever heard that term scree? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's just like really like a, a wash of just like, like tiny like i don't know big rocks small rocks but like <laughs> just a whole it was, bunch of rocks it know? was a whole was... wash of everything that we just talked about we don't want to do with rock falls and kicking off rocks yeah. it was yeah. it was that yeah i don't know why we went up that way maybe it's just because when you look at it from afar it's hard to tell how steep it is and but also, it looks logical right like yeah. okay yeah we want to we want to go that way anyway. So it, yeah, let's just go up this way. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And that wasn't the right choice. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, you know, I've done like more bushwhacking adventures with you than I think I've done with anyone else. I normally just stick on the trail, you know, <laughs> because there's plenty of cool stuff on trails, out, you know, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not experienced with rock route finding and choosing the best way. Um, no. I think Henning's the best of all of us at that. He can actually because yeah, he has that the military experience. <laughs> yeah, he can actually look at a topo and just be like, "Hey, we should go this way." Yeah. So that's nice having him around. All right, the next one is I really got in trouble. Like Lori lost her mind, and that's when we did uh, Schumar campsite. So we hi, and I think we were all pretty cocky. You know, we looked at El Capitan, the trail, not not the peak. So it's below El Capitan, flat. Um, yeah, okay, it's walking through some canyons. It's flat, man. We're gonna knock this out in this nine miles. We're gonna knock out in like ten minutes. And um, the trail was so crappy that the next day we decided to hike ten miles and hitchhike back to the campsite. Oh yeah. And yep. uh, go ahead. No, I just yeah, I forgot. <laughs> It's funny, like you're bringing these st- things up. I totally had hadn't thought about it in a long time, but yeah, that was pretty funny. You and Henning had never hitchhiked before. I had done a bunch of hitchhiking on the on the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. So I kind of it's scary, but uh, or you know you hear so many horror stories, but yeah. I'd done it probably you know half a dozen, maybe even more times on a PCT, and it always worked out fine. So I. W- we rode in the back of that pickup that was fun yeah and that one was um so you know we okay i'm not gonna say we but i i was cocky like oh we're gonna knock this this out we had a late start it's nine miles i mean doesn't take no time you know for us to do nine miles 
no, with with no elevation. And then you know, once you round El Capitan and you start hitting kind of the the western face of it, it, like it totally changes. Like you have to navigate now because the trail's not. You know, you're walking through that scree. The trail's not uh, prominent. Mm -hmm. And then when you pass that, you're walking in these canyons and you've got four or five hundred feet of uh, exposure that you slip. You know, you're you're in trouble and you can't see where you're stepping because the trails are overgrown. Mm -hmm. And then you keep going in. And remember, we just kept going in and out of these canyons and up and down. And then I was starting to get frustrated and then it's starting to get dark, right. you know? And I, I believe when we got to the campsite, it was like, it was, the sun was already down and we had to like rush to try to find some room to set up our tents, you know, before it was totally pitch black. But yeah, that was, um, like for me, that was, uh, that was probably the, the neatest, one of the neatest hikes that I've ever been on just because all the experience that you gained, but yeah, it, it sucks so bad that, yeah, I mean, then. I think even even um, while we were getting to the campsite, I said, guys, you know, I'm all for tomorrow just hiking the 10 miles back to the highway and, and just hitchhiking. And then we kind of, you know, talked about that. But, yeah, I did not want to hike that back at all. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I hadn't been hiking much and I, I started having like knee problems. It was a hard hike. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it looks kind of flat, but it's it's not flat. I don't I wouldn't say at all. I mean, I guess once you get up to elevation, then it stays flat for a little while. But yeah, it was a hard hike for sure. So I, I remember being kind of impartial. I was like, you know, we could go back that way or or go to the road. But mm -hmm. um, you know, I was pretty glad we went to the road just because my my knee was hurting so bad. Yeah, and that's um, and there was a gamble too, like. I couldn't remember where William Ranch Road spills out on the highway. So if it was going to be before that Van Horn turnoff, then we would we would have traffic that could be going to Van Horn or going past Guadalupe. And so, you know, like there's a chance that everybody's heading to Van Horn and we don't get any traffic to Guadalupe. And we're just we're hiking seven, eight miles and, you know, steep up the highway. And we're and at that point, we're low on water. I don't believe anybody had more than, you know, maybe a, a quarter of a liter left really worked out. We dumped out right at the, you know, probably a little bit past that turnoff. So we knew all the cars that were going to be passing us have to go past Guadalupe. There was three of us, and that's what I told Lori. I'm like, look, there was three of us. I, we know we have a Marine. We have Sam, who's a expert hiker, and then myself, the goofy guy. Like, we'll be okay. And um, I don't know how many cars passed. It's like, how long were we out there on the road uh, with the thumbs up? Yeah, I don't remember. It couldn't About have been much more than a half an hour. I feel like yeah. we weren't out there for an hour even. Yeah, probably, yeah, 30, 45 minutes. And I yeah. remember when that truck pulled over, man, I ran up there. I go, Guadalupe Mountains, please. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, get in. And then when he when he dropped us off, I tried to give him money. I had 40 bucks in my, my front pocket, and I tried to give that to him. He's like, man, don't worry about it. Go buy you some beer. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> so that was really cool. Yes, yeah, what they call on the, on the PCT, they call it trail magic, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like people... That's one of the, I think, one of the best parts of doing a, a long trail like that is it kind of like restores your faith in humanity. People just help each other out, you know, you know, giving people rides, giving people food. Yeah, like it's something that, you know, I would do 
I remember I was out doing forestry in California next to right next to the PCT near Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I knew that, that it was PCT hiker season. So I like specifically went to a hostel and like these guys, tigers are trying to get back to the trails. Like, bro, I got you, you know, like oh. so many people helped me out. It's pretty cool. I think how much more of the PCT do you still have to do? Um, you know, I've, I've been wanting to actually map the whole thing out on Gaia on the, on the computer, on the mapping software. I think I want to say it's about 800 miles. So we skipped from Donner Pass up to Bend, Oregon. So mm-hmm. that's like Northern California and Southern Oregon. And then we skipped a little bit of, of Washington. Yeah. So that's a big chunk, you know, eight, 800, 900 miles, something like that. I'm going to say you completed it because you had to share a tent. <laughs> you should get some yeah. bonus miles. <laughs> yeah, that's something I would not recommend. If anyone... <laughs> If anyone's listening to this and thinking about doing the trail, just get your own tent. <laughs> Do it, please. I, you know, I was like, I was doing it with my twin brother, and so I was like, hey, we spent that much time in the womb together, you know. Yeah. So we're used to being stuck. And like growing up, we'd always at hotels we'd share beds just to say, you know, yeah, cheaper for our parents. But man, it got nasty in that tent. Just stinky. Yeah. Super stinky. <laughs> You know, and like it's a two person tent, but two person tents, I don't know why they call them that because they're really one. I feel like they're a one person tent. So if we I, rolled over and we were facing the same way, we, you know, we were basically could have been kissing, you know? Yeah. And you you know, smelling his stinky breath. And I think that's one of the things that you learn really quick when you start getting into a backpacking is if even if you're going solo, you want a two person tent. If yeah. you're going with someone, you want them to have their own tent. Like Lori and I, our first backpacking trip, she had her own tent and I had my own tent. And um, and now, you know, we share a tent, but it's, you know, it's it's a little bit bigger than than what kind of the norm of the two person tent or you get a three person tent. But that that, that room is crucial mm-hmm. for your marriage, yeah. for your friendships, <laughs> for, for all mm-hmm. that. So I I would say, I remember thinking that I was like, even if you love the person, like, even if you don't love them that much, (laughs) well, and you don't need that. You don't need to be smelling each other's stink to like, just to sleep right next to each other. I don't know. (laughs) And through hiking, like how, what was the longest duration that you had that you didn't shower? Oh, I remember just going all in. I was like, I'm going wild. I don't care. I've always been kind of a dirt bag, you know? Yeah, like I can go a long time without showering and just not care. I don't know what that says about me. I think I well over a month. Holy shit! Yeah, I know. And I didn't (laughs) shave, man. I was just I. (laughs) I know, and like I could have showered. Like you know, you're in town like every three to four days. Yeah, I don't know if I. You know, that might be an exaggeration. Oh, let's go. It's so long, but. You know, definitely weeks on end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just didn't care about it, which, you know, maybe that's gross. But <laughs> Hey, it is what it is. I, I got nasty for sure. Yeah. So our, our, our last epic trip together was just here recently in October. We did, uh, we were both, you know, we met at Guadalupe and me, you and Henning, we did McKittrick Canyon, the mm-hmm. ridge. And, yeah. um. So how, how, how'd you feel about that one? Well, 
yeah, I feel like we should talk about my car right now. Just because, you know... Uh, the that's a topic years... on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you wrote it down? Yeah. Yeah. So, the past two... We went and did 14ers in Colorado. My clutch died. Yep. About 10 minutes away. I had to go pick you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, again, the next trip, you know, my Subaru... I had this Forester, and uh, it had always been burning oil. It's, I guess, it's a common thing with box with that type of engine, the mm-hmm. boxer engine. It just burns oil, and I was just, I thought I had enough oil in it, but I didn't, and so I killed the, <laughs> I killed my car. About both times, I was only about ten minutes away from where we were going, so that's cool. And you had yeah, to come with me, and we had to, you know, like it was like, you know, I, I think. I'm what how, I don't know I'm fixing to be 51 I don't know I'm a, I'm a lot older than you and mm-hmm. so it's like you know the father and son and I'm you know we're trying to figure out what's the 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 best way to you know get you back home get a rent a car and it's always mm-hmm. with in these small towns that it's very you know complicated right oh, like the time it happened in Colorado what was nice is you got to meet the family you got to meet Lori and what's funny after that meeting, anytime that I'm doing something, going to Guad, she's always asking Sam going because, you know, she trusts you. She, you know, she saw how what a wonderful person you were. And she always wants to make sure that, that you know, you're there because she feels safer. Um, so that was good. Well, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's, I, don't uh, know you know, if, I don't know if it's true. But, but that's we got her fooled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the last two trips, I've had to go out and rescue Sam due to mm-hmm. car trouble and yeah i mean like kind of getting away from the hiking and stuff but yeah you really don't know what the right answer is you know like they're in yeah. a car and then you know you have to get back because of work yeah and then of course for sure that impacts the hiking and the experience because you know your mind's on other things right yeah that was the trip was beautiful this last one what's Man, it called again the, the mckittrick the, ridge yeah the notch when we got past the yeah. notch yeah it was absolutely beautiful, and I think it's my favorite hike in the park so far. Absolutely. And yeah. I expect- knew, you know, you guys always left me because I'm the old guy, so you guys are the young ones, and, you know, you always left me behind. And I just remember in, in, a, in a second seeing you guys standing at the notch, turning around and look, looking back at me and saying, you have to see this. And at that moment, it you know, it, it clicked. Sam hiking the pct hiking up in washington has seen a lot of beautiful things you know living in new mexico henning he's seen a lot of 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 beautiful things and for both of you guys to just stop and make it a point to say like you have to see this and coming out of the notch and just the whole canyon opens up was that was incredible it's just super dramatic view that is like I remember, I think Henning calculated it looking at the topo, but like you look out across the canyon and there's cliffs that are literally a thousand feet, I think. He yeah. calculated it out. So you're just looking at these thousand foot cliffs and you have the, the creek going through and all the colors. Yeah. it's And you would never think that that was Texas. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, so I was kind of bummed out about my car, but like, I, I remember once we started getting going and walking around, and the the then it, you know, I still had an amazing trip. And it's like if you want to be, 
exploring and being like an adventurer, you're going to have these problems and you just have to kind of take it in stride and be like, you know, this is this is just part of it. And it, you know, everything worked out fine. It always, yeah. so it always ends up working out. And I think it's, it's just a, a opportunity for growth, you know, and, yeah. and it's a good story kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I it's an opportunity to get a new car. That's more reliable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and thankfully you know, I'm in a spot in my life where I can actually get one. <laughs> Yeah, because a and lot that, of times in the past I would have been totally screwed, but you know now I have a good job and I'm you know so yeah. everything worked out fine and I have a great car and and I you know and I I know I know whenever you know we kind of figured out the car was done like it was very it was emotional because like for me it was emotional because you and that car it's a car I understand that but you and that car have been through so much you lived in that car before it was cool to live in a car. <laughs> you know like yeah i lived in that car for about five six months yep all over the country doing that forestry work and um yeah i driven that car all the way from east texas all the way out to cal uh, california yeah yeah just thousands of miles i put on that thing and so it, it was I, I think it was definitely an emotional experience losing that car but I think I was a lot. Of, I was also just really emotional because I didn't know what I was gonna do. Yeah, <laughs> I was just stressed out a little bit. I was like, "Oh man, you know, like now I have to figure out how to buy a car." Yeah, and like get, but everything worked out. You know, like yeah. I called my brother up. He let me borrow his car. Um, my mm. mom came and got me, which was awesome. You know, like she mm. really. Your good friend drove you to Carlsbad. Yep. Exactly. Everyone helped me out. Left you out of Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, I spent probably five, six hours in this Starbucks with looking like a homeless person because you know I've you had your backpack, all your stuff out of your car. <laughs> yeah, just scruffy, super scruffy and dirty. And I had uh, yeah, I had my backpack, but then all this junk that I just hadn't taken out of my car. <laughs> it's funny when I went to go get my new car. I left all my stuff in my brother's. I moved it all into my brother's car, borrowed his car, and just hadn't taken it out. So when I went into the car dealership, I brought in all this stuff with me to. I was gonna no. put in the new car, and the guy who sold it to me literally asked. He asked me if I was a vagabond, and I was like, <laughs> "Uh, no, but kind of." I mean, no, I, I don't... no, and it. It's kind yeah, of funny yeah. that um, just the other day, Henning told on me. And, you know, like Lori's really big about sticking together. Like if you're mm -hmm. going on a hiking trip, you, I don't care if it's, if you're a fast hiker, if you're whatever you stick together. And so we were rock climbing yesterday and he, he, we were talking and he mentioned about the time where I was ahead of you guys coming down and I, I, I went off trail cause it looked like that's the way to go. And I slipped. And of course there's an exposure. And when I landed, my trekking poles came off the my backpack and then, you know, I'm hiking and hiking. I don't notice them. And then I notice, Oh, I lost my trekking poles. And I'm like, man, I'm not hiking all the way back up there. Forget it. So I just kept, kept hiking. Henning comes up, you know, you and him, and he sees one of my trekking poles right next to a cliff. And he's like, well, that's weird. And then he kind of, he says like, you know, he went down and saw that it looked like someone slipped. And then he saw my other trekking pole and he's like, holy, sh you know, like Jason slipped off and fell off his cliff. And, um, you know, there's my trekking poles and there's no Jason. And, uh, you know, 
luckily you guys called out and and i heard you and i called back but yeah you know and so Lori's like you left them and i'm like stop yes i take responsibility that that i was hiking down and and i was i separated from them but the whole way up they were separated from me i could have died and no one would have ever known so that's how i kind of recovered i was saying well you know it happened both ways. <laughs> there was separation. One, it was my fault, and one, it was Henning's fault. Yeah. So I, I was hiking down the trail. Henning was probably like ten. I don't know how far ahead of me he was, but he's definitely ways ahead. I thought he was joking. Like I meet up with him, and he's like right around the notch. And yeah, he's, I found Jason's tracking poles, and there's like rock slide. And I thought he was joking. I was like, yeah, right. Jason's just around the corner. And, but then it became clear he's being serious. And I I was legit worried. So was Henning. We were like, oh, Jason might have. Who knows? You know, <laughs> That old man be, may have died. Yeah. And so we walk around back and forth and we're yelling your name. And um, yeah, it's a funny thing. Like, I know you're supposed to stick together when you're hiking. But mm-hmm. it's very, very rare that I've ever been out with people who actually do it it just doesn't seem like it ever actually happens (laughs) and you know it's probably a good thing to do i i don't know i'm just glad it all worked out all right and you had your garmin you know we were like oh he's got his in reach and he's got water (laughs) yeah and uh yeah yeah and i didn't even think about it like i could have easily went back and tried to find them but i'm like oh screw it i'll just buy another pair and not realizing the impact that it could have on you guys you know like you guys could have called and and sos and whatever and and so yeah so i i I learned a lesson that uh well it's my second time that i left somebody and got in trouble for it yeah so uh so I've, i've learned my lesson so speaking of that and all your and as we start to kind of wrap up out of all your experience pct and and, and hiking in new mexico one thing i would like to end the podcast on or, or just what do you what, just give one piece of safety advice for any new hikers and backpackers that you think is is important and i know we just talked about stay with the person you're with but is there anything else that that you think is relevant um from your experience that like, Hey, yeah, this is kind of important that someone new should, should start out knowing. Hmm. Yeah. I can think of a bunch of things. It's hard to, it's hard for me to pick the most important thing, but I'd say, and this is maybe do as I say, not as I do. Cause yeah. I, I'm not, I've historically not been a safe hiker at all. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just go and that's dumb. I, you know, like, you what's that movie 127 hours where the guy gets yeah. under a rock i'm sure everyone's heard of it but basically this guy this really experienced outdoorsman didn't tell anyone where he was going and got stuck under a rock and ended up having to cut his arm off with a pocket knife and he, drink his own urine yeah <laughs> it's a true story and yeah and like he was saying out there like he was kicking himself because he was like everyone had told him this before and he just didn't do it but like just tell someone when you're going and tell them you know if i if you don't hear back from me by this time you know send out the this is where i'm at send out yeah. the people and i think that's probably the biggest thing i mean you send me that we were talking about this when 
I was hiking with you last, that guy who got lost at Guadalupe. And he told, thankfully, he had told the people, his yeah. family and stuff. Yeah, he told his daughter. Yeah. But if he hadn't done that, I mean, you know, he could have easily died out there. And Absolutely. Uh, so I think that probably is the most important thing. And just carry, you know, know how far you're going, how much water you need. Yeah. Um, if it's super hot out, bring a ton of water. Yeah. And, you know, to, to go with what you said, you're absolutely right. Now, my next episode is going to be, you know, probably like 10, 8, 10 points of hiker safety that are important to me. And like, I have a thing, an agreement with Lori. I tell her where I'm going, you know, how many miles, what trailhead. So whether I'm at Guadalupe, whether I'm Lone Star Hiking Trail, she knows on that day, this is what I'm doing. And I don't, I don't change the plans. And, you know, one time I've got to the Lone Star Hiking Trail, I think it was Trailhead 9, um, no, Trailhead 6, and it was just flooded. And, and so I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up to Trailhead 9. Well, I texted her and said, hey, you know, change of plans. I'm going to Trailhead 9. And she didn't text back. I didn't change it. I just drove home. Like mm-hmm. if she would have text back, said, yeah, okay, cool. Then she would have known. But, you know, she didn't respond because I don't know whatever she was doing. And um, so I just went home. You know, I, did, I didn't go do something different than than what the person that I designated, you know, to know what what I was doing. And I think, you know, I've read a lot of books, not read, listened to a lot of books because I don't read, but, you know, people in the PCT, you know, they have an itinerary, they're walking along and then they see a blue trail and this trail is up to some no-name peak and they're like, oh, let's go do this. There's a rock fall and they get killed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't get found for three or four years later because no one knew that that's what they went and did. So, man, I'm a very strong component. You tell somebody what you're doing and you don't change unless you have confirmation that they know you're changing it, you know? so Yeah, yeah. yeah it's serious. I mean, I remember on the PCT going through t- towns in California and like basically every town would have pictures up of few people they're lo- they've been looking for for years you know yep. Yep. and it's yep. really yep. scary i mean it's nowadays it's harder and harder to get lost because you have your everyone's carrying around gps and their phone and so it's a lot harder to get lost but it still happens i mean i think it happens a lot way mm-hmm. more than what you would think and i think yeah. also like it's just shocking that something that you love so much can kill you if you're not yeah. prepared when some of the stuff that we've done el capitan i'm thinking okay yeah i'm just going up a trail and then dropping down and i don't i know for me like i don't always wonder what are all the possibilities snake bite twist an ankle hit in the head of the rock like how am i going to get out of this and that's something that I've really started to like just me myself is, is before I go on a hike is, uh, is to truly understand what are the risks? What, what are my bailout points? Um, is there any kind of point where you take one more step and you can't turn around? Like you repel off something, you, you have to keep going forward and, and understanding and what the plan is if, if something goes wrong, because, you know, you start to, to listen to people's tragedies. And one thing that I, that I kind of put together is if you're not prepared and something happens and you make that one mistake in a decision, it just keeps kind of compounding and compounding with just bad decisions just because you're not prepared. So, yeah, yeah, it's something that 
growing up climbing and stuff, it's easy to underestimate how like dangerous hiking is. Cause you know, like you think when you're climbing, everyone knows you just look at it and you're like, okay, that's super dangerous. Cause it's so exposed and just such a, you know, it looks super dangerous, but hiking, you're just walking. So it's easy to just get cocky and be like, no, I'm just hiking. But like I said earlier, like more people die hiking to the climb than they do on the climb, apparently. And yeah. so, yeah, it is super dangerous. And just to, ma- to me, like just imagining how terrifying it would be to be out there and just realizing you're totally just hosed. You're like, I have no idea how yeah. to get back and I'm out of water. And that would yeah. be like that. Is, that's an absolutely terrifying thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, the, and to the listeners, this is coming from someone who was life flighted off a rock that could have died in a horrible, tragic uh, rock fall. I mean, you know, I don't know how long you were in the hospital, but you broke a lot of stuff. And uh, it's almost the 10 year anniversary, right? Yeah. Is it next November of 2024? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be yeah. 10 years. I don't know how horrible it was. I think it's kind of cool looking back on it. Just because it's such an epic experience. Yeah. I think it was worse for the people I was with. But it w- I was rock climbing in Sedona. And I um, uh, basically, I just, one second, like, one second I was climbing. The next second, I was waking up, you know, on a belay ledge. And we were probably hundred hundreds of feet up in the air at that point. You <laughs> no. know, like, we had this little ledge that we were on. But that was three climbing pitches up this tower. And... I think it was really hard for my belayer because we were good friends and she saw me come flying off and yeah. hit the hit the tower and I got knocked out. Uh, my friend who, who was above me, you know, he repelled us both off the, the tower and I got, um yeah, life flighted up, helicoptered up to Flagstaff. Yeah. And I, I broke three bones in my back and I got a pretty bad concussion and had to get staples in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was you know, pretty serious mm-hmm. and nothing, you know, I've never gotten into that much trouble hiking. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I do maybe, you know, I get a little cocky and I should probably think more about safety hiking, but yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of hard. Like you take it for granted for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to wrap this up. Thank you for the safety advice and, you know, Coming from you, that and and actually, that's one of my most important pieces of safety advice is you know have a plan. But hey, man, I'm so happy that we were able to work this out, and it's good to see you. To the listeners, I'm actually looking at the legend Sam mm-hmm. on my screen, and that's always a wonderful thing. So, thanks a lot for 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 joining the podcast, and to the listeners. Thank you for for listening, and um, this will be dropping. What's today, Sam? Today is the twenty eighth. Yep. It is going to be a birthday present because my birthday is tomorrow. So this will be dropping tomorrow um, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible. All the there's probably like ten or fifteen different little podcast areas that this drops to so thanks again everybody for listening and sam thank you once again have a wonderful day